the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. As we begin chapter 2, Philippians, I want to remind you of Paul's heart for the Philippian church, for his, his great affection for them. And you remember, just to kind of back you up and give you context again, Paul had been to the Philippian church before, Philippi before, and he had established a fellowship there, or affirmed a fellowship there. And there's a fellowship of believers there that are closely tied to him in heart and in spirit, and he loves them. He's not in Philippi now, though. He's in Roman chains, actually held in a rented house in Rome awaiting trial. And he is writing this letter to them to encourage them. But what we know about the Philippian church is that for all intents and purposes, it must have been a very well-balanced church. You don't see Paul giving any great treaties on uh, immorality or or staying true to doctrine like he had to do in the Corinthian church. What you see for the most part is encouragement and discipling as, as Paul's heart is to bring them along in what this Christian life is supposed to mean to us. And that's... You know, of course, Paul is just writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's desire through this letter of Philippians is that you know what it means to be a Christian. That you enter in experientially the life that he's given you. That you begin to take ownership and possess all that is yours in Christ. And one of the things that he is really strong on, and you see this even in Ephesians and Galatians, you see see it in all of his letters, is he talks about unity. But there's only one place of unity. It's in Jesus. Now the world has its idea of what unity and union is about. But you won't find unity anywhere else but in Christ. People try to create union. And in fact, we call marriage a union. And the world has adopted the idea that marriage is a union, although it comes from the standpoint that marriage is a contract. So what we have is two individuals entering into an agreement, not a union. The reality is that there is no union in marriage apart from Christ. There is no union in relationships apart from Christ. There is no union in anything apart from Christ. 
You can't have it. It doesn't work. There's only one place where man and man and man and woman come together in distinct union and it's in his body. That's it. Because in him there is no individualism. In Him there is no individual ideals or individual rules or individual rights. In Him there is a center focus and it's Jesus and Jesus alone. So as we get into the second chapter of Philippians, we're going to talk about the issue of unity. And he begins that whole subject, he begins it actually in verse 27 of the first chapter. Remember that verse where he says, Only be sure as citizens so to conduct yourselves that your manner of life will be worthy of the good news of the gospel, so that whether I do come and see you or am absent, I hear this of you, that you are standing firm, and here it begins, united in spirit and purpose, striving side by side, and contending with a single mind for the faith of the glad tidings of the gospel. So you see there Paul using terms where he is saying that it is in this union that you will experience the truth of what you have. Now listen, we talk a lot about who we are in Christ. I preach a good bit about that and we teach it that because it's very important to us that the Christian know who they are in Christ but you, because you can't live any other way. We got a lot of Christians out there that proclaim the name of Christ that actually look like they're living pretty good, but they have the same issues that everybody else has. They're dealing with divorce. They're dealing with depression. They're dealing with alcoholism. They're dealing with all kinds of divisions, and they're using all the world's coping mechanisms, and there's strife, and there's division in their homes. And the issue for them is that they have not yet learned to appropriate the truth of what Christ's life means to them because there's no division in Christ and he has made provision for you in every area all your needs are met in him so as we begin to discuss the whole idea of union we don't want you just to believe that it's just about your union with Christ it's about your union in Christ with the body of Christ because that is the place of union for us it's not just individuals. You see, I'll use my, my new grandson as an example. As a baby, he recognizes his mother more than anybody else. And he is aware of his mother more than he's aware of anybody else. And that union is central to him. It's very important to him. He sees his life as being connected to her. He senses that. He doesn't actually intellectually grasp that, but he senses that. And that's the way it should be. God created that way. But as he begins to grow in that, he begins to encompass, he begins to see that in actuality he's part of a bigger family. Now this only comes to him through maturity. And then as he matures, he begins to see the function of the family around him and how this adds to who he is. How this begins to shape and mold him and actually supply through the family the things that he needs. Security, provision, all of these things. He recognizes his father. He recognizes his brothers and his sisters. He recognizes all of these things and they begin, his world expands. 
as He matures. Listen, the first step for us when we become a Christian is that we recognize Jesus as our salvation. And we're focusing upon Him... But as we grow and mature, we are growing in our ability to recognize His touch, recognize His life, recognize our connection with Him through the people around us. And as we do that, we expand in who we understand Christ to be. Because Jesus did not give a single expression of life. He gave as many expressions of life as as there are children of God. And every expression is essential. As a body, we need each other. We're important to one another. And union is important to the church. And here's the thing Paul knew. Paul knew it didn't matter how healthy this church was. It didn't matter how much doctrine they got correct. It didn't matter how much they they said all and did all the right things. If their focus wasn't Jesus, they would separate. And... No matter how healthy they are, the possibilities for separation were as many as there were members. Why? Because what divides is individuality. What divides is us standing in our individuality rather than standing in our union. You see, that's what divides a marriage, isn't it? Violating my rights, I deserve, you're not meeting my needs... I'm not getting loved like I should. That's the way marriage is split. We stand in our individuality and we demand our rights. But one of the things that you've heard me say is that we didn't sign a contract in marriage. We entered into a covenant with God. And the reason we entered into a covenant with God because He said the two shall become one. And the only way the two can become one is in Him. Is in Him. Apart from Him, this isn't really a marriage, it's a contract. It's an understanding. It's an agreement. And how well is the agreements of man kept? How well does that work? I'm using marriage as as an example, but in reality, that's the truth of the unity of the body of Christ. Paul continues the theme of unity in chapter 2. And I want to point this out to you, that the world has taught unity and union many times, but all of their efforts to build unity, and the church, religion, has adopted some of the same ideals, all of their efforts are external. Every one of them is external. They use what I like to describe as external containers to press people together. Like uh, politics, religion, affinities like sports, special interests, hobbies, even sexual preference and gender. They're all external links and they're all temporal and they're all flawed and they will all fall apart. They're only as good as the container they're in. Now, I read a good illustration of this. An external union is like a jar full of marbles. They're all pressed together. But what happens when the jar breaks? They all roll their separate way, don't they? That's the external union. And that's, unfortunately, the union that most men enter into. That's what they see as union. Listen, child of God, we have a union that is unbreakable, and we are held together in a whole different way. Christ has placed all of His children in union with Himself. We are new creations created to function in union with Christ. And through Him and with each other, we function. But apart from Him, we have John 15, 5 says, we can't do anything. Listen, Christians should be like metal dust. 
drawn together in a large mass by a central magnet. Our union is based on what we are, not on externals. Our union is based on the substance of our being. That is how we are made to function as Christians. That's the reality of us. We're all being drawn together by the substance of who we are and we're being held together by Christ. You know that's what's holding you together. It's not the world, it's not your ambitions, it's not your job, it's not anything, it's not even your affections, it's not your marriage, it's not your good health, it's not your fitness, it's not any of those things. If your hope and trust for union is in anything other than Jesus, it's only a matter of time before it will completely dissipate. And you'll be living, you may be living in proximity, but you'll never live in union apart from Christ. Let's read Philippians 2, verses 1 and 2. It says, So, by whatever appeal to you there is in our mutual dwelling in Christ, by whatever strengthening and consoling and encouraging our relationship in Him affords, by whatever persuasive incentive there is in love, by whatever participation in the Holy Spirit we share, and by whatever depth of affection and compassionate sympathy, fill up and complete my joy by living in harmony and being of the same mind and one in purpose and having the same love being in full accord and of one harmonious mind and intention now Paul begins in verse 1 naming some of the blessings of union with Christ Uh, to come back to our illustration that John 15.5 uses the vine and the branches Paul's listing literally the nutrients that flow that which nourishes the Christian life that which makes the Christian life function the very attributes of Christ himself are being listed here and it's out of that flow that we are empowered to live the Christian life experientially Now we know that the human body must continually perform certain functions within us in order for us to be able to stay alive or even to have any kind of quality of life. We know that. And these are static functions that must continue. But the same is true for the Christian life within you. In order for you to live, you must have the life of the vine flowing through you Christ's life flows through you I don't care if you're living in rebellion if you're living in rebellion it just means you're living contrary to the source of your life and rebellion is you denying truth that's what it is it's anti-Christ okay So when you live in rebellion, when you separate yourself from Christ, you literally begin to fall apart. Because like the illustration of the metal dust, there's only one thing holding you together. It's Jesus. That's it. We just need to learn to quit listening to the world that says our union is in our humanity. It's not. That our hope is in our humanity. It's not. What the Spirit of God affects in us, we must allow to flow through us to minister life to those around us. And that's the whole truth of the body of Christ. 
Those things that he lists off there were not just made to collect in a reservoir within our being. They are the central flow, just like your cardiovascular system. The blood flows through you. All that he says of Christ is to flow through your being. It is part of what gives you union with him as you receive that life. But it is the same life that flows through me, that flows through you as a child of God. It's the exact same life. That is to be the point of our union, the life within us. Everything else is external, is it not? Won't it all pass away, but but that life within us? Sure it will. I'm not saying we lose our personality. Our personalities were uniquely shaped by God and circumstance. They are what they are. I am saying... That we have no other place of union with which to express our unity and to live out of that unity. Paul is showing us that the key to union with one another is appropriating the truth of our union with Christ. Now he starts with the word therefore in Philippians 1.27 which, well in, in the first part of chapter 2 he starts with the word therefore and it connects to what he says about union in verse 27. So it kind of flows. Now the other thing, I'm going to get a little technical on you because it's very important that you understand this. Some of your translations may have the word if in there. You can look, you may see the word if. Okay, I want you to understand what that word means, uh, because to look at that word, you might think that that's conditional. The word if in this verse is a Greek word, which is referred to as a first class conditional particle, which you'll never remember, I'm just telling you. Which means that what flows is actually what follows follows after the if is a fulfilled condition. It's not something that will happen. It's something that has already happened. Okay? You need to know that. As a Christian, all that he alliterates, all that he puts on there, all of the attributes of Christ are flowing in you. It's not if they'll flow in you. They will flow in you. Now, that, what that means is that could be translated as since or because or by like the Amplified uses. This means a child of God gets all of those things. So Paul starts his appeal to, to them to live out of their mutual union, and now he's going to name some of the life components that are distinct to the child of God. He says, So by whatever appeal to you there is in our mutual dwelling in Christ. Let me stop right there. Our mutual dwelling in Christ. What is he telling you? He's telling us we live together in Him. We are in Him as Christians. Now, if you're not a Christian, you're not there. But He is saying, now I want you to understand, because He makes this comment at the front, He is saying that all that He is talking about from here forward are attributes, they're part of us being in Christ, where we dwell. What does it mean to dwell? When I say I dwell, what I'm telling you is that is where I live. That is my life place. That is where you will find my it's my legal address. Okay? Now I may go to the store, but it doesn't mean I live there. I may go down the street, but it doesn't mean I live there. I live at this one location. So he's saying your mutual address, we all live together in this central place which is in Christ. Okay? 
He's saying because we all live in Christ. He starts out with that. He says, by whatever strengthening and consoling and encouraging our relationship in Him affords. Where's all of this coming out of? Our relationship with Him. This is not something you muster up. The word used there for encourage is the Greek word uh, paraklesis. And it actually means to come alongside of, to counsel, to comfort, to strengthen, and encourage. And for those of you who have done Bible study in the past, you understand that it's a derivative. It's actually the same word, or likened to the word paraclete, that Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit. Which the Holy Spirit in you... Now listen to this. this is very, we're going to go over this again, but this is very important for you, Christian. God says very distinctly... That for the Christian, there's only one source of comfort. There's only one source of counsel. There's only one source of encouragement. And it's Him. It is by His Spirit. You try to get it anywhere else and you have been robbed. What you got was man-centered, flesh-activated, and it will only be maintained as long as flesh maintains it. We all know how well that works too. But you have one source. It's the Spirit of God. This all happens, the encouragement, the strengthen, all of that happens in our mutual dwelling. Where is that? In Christ. This is the work of God in our soul. True comfort is not the work of man. We are made for God and only His words to our soul speak true comfort and bring any real encouragement. You all remember the, the uh, spiritual anatomy. I've done it several times up here. But you remember the truth that you have a spirit which is in union with Christ and you have a soul. And the soul is the mind, will, and emotions. It's not the same as the spirit. You're in component parts. Here's your body, here's your soul, and the center of you is the spirit. This is the truth of who you are. Now, you were made to live life from within in out. The unity you have with the Spirit of God is meant to flow through your mind, will, and emotion. This is where your comfort, your encouragement, all of those things come from. This is actually where peace comes from. You see, peace comes from the center, and then it hits the mind. That's why it's the peace that passes all understanding. That's why it doesn't have to be logical. It doesn't start in the mind. It starts in the Spirit. And it flows through there. The encouragement that God gives us is from the Spirit into the soul. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of sympathy, pity, mercy, and the God who is the source of every comfort. How many comforts? Every comfort. Anything that can be properly defined as comfort comes from Him. Comfort doesn't come. They don't make it in a bottle. I know there's some out there that says that. But that's not the truth. That's not comfort. Comfort's not a city. Comfort is the presence and the power of God entering into your soul through the Spirit of God. That's the only place of comfort. God actually intended... For you to receive comfort to your soul because he knows the soul is typically a place of confusion and unrest. 
And you know what? If you're looking to settle all of your emotional and physical and mental issues outside of yourself, you're in trouble. Of course, if you're not a Christian, that's the only resource you've got. But if you're a Christian, you are made for one source. One source alone. That's the Spirit of God in you. If you won't be comforted, then you will not give comfort. Rivers of living water flow through. Verse 5, he says, For just as Christ's own suffering fall to our lot, as they overflow upon His disciples, and we share and experience them abundantly, so through Christ, comfort, consolation, and encouragement is also shared and experienced abundantly by us. We want comfort, but we want it on our terms. So we have defined comfort wrongly. Because comfort is Jesus. But I know in the past, raising kids, one of the things that happens is that sometimes you have to get after them. Sometimes you have to get after them. You have to stop them. And when you do, especially when they're a little bitty, they don't like it. And they start crying and they kind of stomp their feet and, you know, and they're, they're blubbing and carrying on. And you know your heart, your desire is to comfort them. And you go up and you put your arms around them and you say, I love you. Now, what are you offering for comfort? Your love. Now, I have had this happen. You put your arm around them to comfort them and they go, they just yank away from you, you know. You know why? What they're telling you without articulating it is that if you want to comfort me, give me what I want. Now, we do the same thing with God. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.